What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, July 2nd, 2015, and you guys are listening to episode 215. Um, I uh, Sorry I'm getting this out. Uh, not too late, probably just about 12 hours late, um, as you could tell. A little under the weather, had a bad, um, just had a bad cough and cold, and uh, the Pittsburgh uh, Fest knocked me out. Great stories there that I'll tell you guys about. But um, I'm feeling a little better, able to do this now. So, uh, And we got a great show. Great show for you guys. Really funny stuff. Uh, some scary stuff, especially my unacceptable, which I'm going to get really pissed about when I talk about it. But I'm in a good mood now. And uh, <clears throat> I am looking forward to uh, filling you guys in on the week. Hope everybody had a good week. So let's get into the episode. This is 2.15. Uh, before I get started, as always, the Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. GonzoFame.com is the best place for your most in-depth interviews with your favorite up-and-coming comedians of today, established comedians of today, just comedy in general. You'll you'll hear some great in-depth interviews uh, run by a funny up-and-coming comedian out there, Dave Gavry in uh, Chicago. Actually talked to Dave this week. Uh, he's doing good, really good dude, funny dude, and, um, you know, putting... I always love when I hear, you know, younger or newer comedians just a few years in or, or whatever, um, just, you know, working hard and really trying to do it the right way and everything, and, and it's awesome to hear, and uh, he runs a great website, so go to gonzofame.com. They're actually going to be redoing the website soon, too, and he's got a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, new interviews that he's going to be uh, putting up there as well. Uh, also, uh, Brookings Mediation, the other sponsor we have here, Brookings Mediation, uh, another great guy, uh, John Burton, and uh, Brookings Mediation is uh, saving people tons and tons of money on legal fees when it comes to uh, debt settlement, divorce, bankruptcy, uh, what they do is they'll sit down and they'll talk for both parties. There's not, they're not, uh, you know, no, no legal advice, not lawyers. They just sit and they figure out disputes without having to deal with all the money and the pushback dates on the court and the lawyers. And um, they have been helping people. John Burton has been doing it for 27 years, doing mediation, just sitting down with both parties and figuring it out without spending big money. Um, you could go to their website, BrookingsMediation.com. And you can also go call them on their uh, toll-free number. It's uh, 877-415-7770. If you tell them that Paul Verzi and the Verzi Effect sent you, you will get 30% off. And uh, John Burton always gives a free consultation uh, the first time you call. Anywhere you are in the country, going through divorce, going through bankruptcy, debt settlement, just stuff that you just have to... Deal with in life uh, before you spend money on, you know, big money on lawyers and a ton of time in the courts. Please call this number and it will really help you. And that's why I teamed up with John Burton and Brookings Mediation because that really made sense to me. Like, um, and I'm serious. I, I'll always talk to people that want to sponsor the show and have me talk about them on the show. And um, everybody was like, wow, that's a really good fit for the show because. I know so many people and I travel all over the country and everybody goes through divorce and bankruptcy and, and, and debt stuff. And some people really can't afford the lawyers or, you know, and if you, um, 
know that there are actually options out there. You know, you guys have been doing this for 27 years helping people. So if you're going through something and uh, you just want to talk to somebody about it and see what your options are before taking the legal route and all that, call Brookings Mediation. Again, that number is 877 415 Seven 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 zero, or go to brookingsmediation.com. Tell them Paul Verzi and the Verzi Effect sent you. Also, you can go to allthingscomedy.com. That is the podcast network the Verzi Effect is on. It's amazing. Uh, they're always adding to it, and they are uh, growing constantly. They work hard for the comedians, not even because of the because of the podcast, but they'll they'll you know try to help them in in their careers and everything. It's great. So go to allthingscomedy.com, and you can also go to um, Twitter at allthingscomedy and see all of the podcasts that they have on there. They're amazing. Okay, guys, a um, lot of cool stuff. I uh, was at the Pittsburgh Comedy Fest, which is uh, amazing. It was uh, This is the fifth year they've been doing it, and it's just they have different venues and different theaters, and Joe Bartnick and myself jumped on the Rex Theater one, and um, the people out there were so cool and nice. Had a great time out there, performed in front of some people that I haven't seen or, you know, wanted to see me, I should say, and, and I got to, um, you know, just hang in Pittsburgh in a different way. Uh, shout out to Randy Bauman and Bill Crawford, uh, who do the radio show out there for DVE. Um, that was a festival that, you know, it's, they, they put it together, and it was awesome. Now, here's what happened, and uh, it, it turned into a crazy night for me. It really did, because our show was the 10 o'clock show at the Rex. There's another theater, the Byron Theater or something, that where um, like Jim Norton was out there, Michael Che, I think Tom Segura and his wife Christina, and uh, who else? And Bill Crawford. So their show was at 8. My show was at 10. So uh, Randy over there from the radio, I got a tweet, and they were like, oh, you know, Michael Che is coming out to see Paul Verzi at the Rex. And I was over there with Bartnick. And now I know... You guys know Bartnick throws down the booze, but Shay parties too, and I've you know I've I've hung out with Shay in Montreal a couple of years, and he parties so I feel a tap on the back, and it's Shay, and then he's just like, "You want a drink?" and he hands me a bourbon, and this is after our show, and it's eleven o'clock, and these guys got plans to go out all night, so I start. I think I had like a beer, a couple of bourbons. And uh, and then there was a midnight show somewhere downtown in Pittsburgh. And it was like, uh, I guess some local people, um, I guess Pittsburgh was putting together like the best local guys that they had and all that. So I am uh, at a bar next to that. And they're like, yeah, we're going to go down to this bar, check out this show. And then we're all going to go back to this house somewhere and, and drink and maybe have a little party or whatever, everybody from the festival. So uh, me, Shay, Bartnick, a couple of people, we walk into the bar next to where the midnight show was. And we're drinking and we're drinking. And all of a sudden, I see Shay and Bartnick leave. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do sets. We're going to jump on the midnight one. You want to jump on the midnight one? Now I'm half in the bag. And I don't like performing drunk or buzzed. But I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I get over there and they're like, oh, we don't know who could get on. Ralphie May's coming over. He may jump on. We don't know if we could get you all on. So those guys asked first. And like in my mind, I was already done my show. I'm drinking. Uh, but just that competitive 
not I shouldn't say competitive. That that just like you're with your peers and you went now they're getting up on this show and you can get up. So I'm like, all right, now I want to get up. So uh, Shay goes on and then Bartnick goes on and then they were like, Ralphie's coming. We don't know. So then um, I see Ralphie May coming in and he goes in. And apparently he's like, no, nah, I'm not going on. So he was just chilling there because he was over at the improv the whole weekend. So it was crazy in Pittsburgh. Comedy was all over the place. And they also had like a music fest. So Pittsburgh was really, you know, popping on, on Saturday. So they're like, Paul, man, Ralphie's not going on. If you want to you wanna just, you know, get a little uh, taste and close him out. So I'm like, yeah. So, I mean, they're tired. The show went on for like over two hours. They're tired. You know, there's you could just tell people were tapping out like, many like a bunch of <laughs> you could tell it was just it was late but I'm like yeah I'll go so I got up there and I just uh literally did five minutes buzzing my ass off and just talking shit and I just I just started I just started talking shit and I started calling Pittsburgh a racist and then like that made anybody who was like in the back tired or talking just stop and listen and I just had like a really fun quick five minutes got off stage and then that's when these guys started drinking and drinking and it got nuts. So then we go back to this house and uh, Ralphie May comes out to the party. He's got a bottle of something and and, 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 and Shay and I are, are drinking with uh, Bartnick, this bourbon. And uh, I think we we're drinking bullet bourbon and everything. And it was just, we were just playing like arcades at this guy's house. Insane. It was just insane. And uh, sports arguments and talking. And then I'm like looking at the clock and I'm going, holy shit. Is it 5 o'clock in the morning? And it was 5 o'clock in the morning and I had to drive home the next morning. So I wanted to leave at 9 a.m. That's not happening. Um, and I didn't fly this time. I don't know why. Excuse me while I sip my iced tea. I... um. Yeah, I didn't fly this time. I was just on so many planes the last year and the beginning of this year. I'm like, let me just drive. It's, you know, New York to Pittsburgh. It's only going to take me about six and a half hours. That's exactly what it took. And I'm like, so, and the drive there, was, you know, wasn't that bad. So I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, wait a minute, I can't sleep for three hours. First of all, I'll probably still be drunk. And uh, I might have been smoking weed in between too, I think. I don't, you know, I, I, I just was having fun. So... Um, we get in the car and we're on the way back and all three of us, me, Mike and Joe are in the car and Mike tells the driver, he goes, Hey, you know where there's a McDonald's? I haven't had fast food or put that shit in my body in a long time. But when, you know, you're buzzing, you're a little high, you're a little drunk. It's five 30 in the morning. You've already done some damage. And I didn't feel that bad cause I've been really strict with my diet. I'm losing weight and I'm doing well. So this was like a night I was like, whatever. I get a sausage egg McMuffin. I got two of them and a hash brown. And it was the most delicious. Like, I'm not even kidding because I was drunk. Like, the way that the sausage was cooked. I know it sounds crazy. <coughs> Excuse me. I know it sounds crazy because of the, um, you know, I'm eating McDonald's, but the sauce, it was just like cooked. I think it was because it was almost like six in the morning. So they were just making them. It was, it was insane. I didn't even get sick afterwards. My stomach wasn't even bad the next day. I was like, wow. 
So, um, yeah, that's what it, that's what the night was like, getting back to the hotel around 6 o'clock in the morning. I remember waking up at 10, going, should I get up now? And my body just like was like, nah, you can't. You're not doing that. There's no way you could do it. So I waited till like 12-something and drove home, and then that was it. But I do want to thank everybody who came out uh, to the shows. I know there were some people in Pittsburgh um, that have been fans and, and listening to the show and, and everybody... Um, you know, that, that came out and knew me, had a good time. I had a good time there. Um, the venue was a little weird because it was like a rock venue type thing, but I honestly, I had a great time out there. I really did. And um, so everybody who came out, thank you. I also want to give a shout out um, to my dude, uh, Adham. Adham uh, Madala. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, but uh, Mabdala, yes. Adham Mabdala. And Adham brought me uh, and Joe, he bought us um, Cuban cigars, Monte Cristo Cuban cigars. So cool. Um, you know, one of those dudes that just got it. Like, he's just one of those dudes that gets it as a, as a fan. And, you know, we were like, yeah, you want to hang out, man? So we, uh, you know, had a drink and, you know, we smoked a cigar. And um, just a cool fan came out, a listener, loyal listener to uh, the Verzi Effect podcast. And uh, it was awesome, and he really enjoyed the show, so thank you. Um, and yeah, Pittsburgh is awesome. I plan to be back there doing some other shows there. I was talking to the guys at uh, WDVE, Randy and, and Bill, and uh, I definitely want to come out there and do some more stuff. So I will, um, you know, let you guys know the next time that I'm out there. But it was a blast, and I want to thank, you know, Joe Bartnick and, and everybody. It was cool hanging out with, uh, you know, Che and Bartnick and, and Randy and all those guys. Bill, we just had a, uh, a really good time. So uh, moving on, I'm, I'm going to get into the unacceptables. But um, one thing that uh, I wanted to do was I wanted to shout out a, um, a fan here, somebody that was going through a tough time. And uh, his name is um, Alejandro Chavez. And I just wanted to, uh, you know, send my well wishes and, and thoughts to uh, Alejandro Chavez, um, who is a fan of the show, listens to the show all the time, and um, was going through something with the uh, loss of his cousin, which uh, is obviously hard for him. I'm sure, it's hard for anybody. But, um, you know, I, I heard that and uh, I know that Alejandro is a, is a big fan of TVE and he had mentioned that uh, through the hard time, the show and the podcast helps him through things. And um, I get that from some people and it's really amazing. So uh, to you, brother, I hope uh, you're, you're, you're getting through the hard time, you and your family. And um, I'm very uh, happy and grateful that my show and my ramblings and nonsense can, uh, you know, get you through a uh, hard time or any kind of healing that, you know, myself can give you. That's amazing. So I just uh, want to say I hope you're in high spirits. And um, if you're listening to this, um, thoughts out to you and uh, thoughts and prayers out to you and your family. Um, so there you go. I just wanted to, uh, to say that because, you know, you guys know how I feel about my uh, loyal... Uh, you know, listeners and uh, and fans. You know, you guys are the shit. So let's get into unacceptables now, and uh, we'll do your guys' unacceptables, and then we'll do no, we're gonna do mine first. Fuck that, we're gonna do mine first. Okay, 
and then we'll get into yours. So here we go. My unacceptable is fucking ridiculous, and I lost my mind. And uh, this unacceptable could have cost me, cost the life of me and my children. Okay, so I'm driving in the car. It's three lanes, three lanes. I'm on 684. You know, going up in Westchester, 684. Obviously, you people don't know 684, but 684 is three lanes for most of it, and then it kind of merges into two. I am in the far right lane going at a normal pace and there is a piece of shit mega bus. All right, fuck mega bus. And, f- and, and I mean, unless they do, did the right thing, but nobody called me back from there, man. Fuck mega bus. All right, and fuck you if you're sitting on a mega bus. Get a fucking car. I'm sorry, that has nothing to do with you and I shouldn't have said that. But it's just like anything associated with Megabus. So I'm sitting in this lane and I'm just going to pace. And the reason why I'm in this lane is because I'm about a mile away from my exit or whatever it is. Something like that. I'm not, I'm not far from my exit. And this piece of shit Megabus is behind me, clearly behind me. And they're a bus and I'm a car and I'm going at the right pace. And this lane is merging, which is clearly my turn first to just merge and this piece of shit starts speeding up to get in front of me so he's like right next to my car and like now I can't I can't go fast enough to get up past him because of the way he came up on me okay because if I tried to go up fast I would have collided side by side and who's gonna win against a mega bus or a fucking sedan the mega bus is going to win every time. And I got my fucking little boy and my little girl in the car with me. Okay. And I'm driving and I'm going, is this motherfucker? Like in my mind, like I'm looking in the mirror. I'm like, is this guy really going to do this right now? This guy goes past me and all I can do going pretty fast is go to the right and hang on the shoulder and hopefully don't go too far on the shoulder to go in the rail and hopefully don't go too left where I'm going to hit this guy. That's how close it was and went past me. And I knew the motherfucker knew he was wrong because as soon as he did it, he flew all the way across the highway away from me. I was so fucking pissed. I was 100% in the right. And this fucking asshole just, he basically was driving like a car that was like a fast car that could do it. It was almost like if you were on a motorcycle or a fast car and you're like, I'm just going to fly by this guy. He did it in a fucking mega bus. So now I'm fucking livid. This was the most unacceptable thing. This fucking piece of shit should be dragged out. I, I'll get, I'll get to what I want to happen to that guy in a second. Now, okay, I, I'm following this motherfucker because I saw the back of his truck said, "How am I driving?" So I'm in the car and I'm going, "How are you driving?" I'm going to show you how to fuck you're driving. I'm, I'm trying. I'm dialing, and I know that's dangerous. But I was so pissed. I was like, "This guy's got to get fired. This guy's gonna fucking kill somebody." Okay, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm like, one eight eight eight. how am I driving, I'm looking for the number, and I'm following this son of a bitch, so I finally am able to make out the number, I get the number in the phone, but now I know when I call, they're going to need some kind of ID number off the thing, or they're going to need a, uh, they're going to need a, um, a license plate, so now I'm trying to get the guy's license plate, and I feel like the guy's like going ahead of me, like he won't let me get it, I think, so I'm, I'm flying up to this guy. I'm like, you know, I made sure that I was like, you know, I made sure that I wasn't driving recklessly with my children, but I made sure that I was able to like, you know, 
stay with him for a while to like make out the numbers because I couldn't do it all in one shot because there was no way I was going to be able to just fucking do that with my kids in the car. I would have had to just punch it to 90 and, you know, I'm not doing that. So I kind of maneuver my way with the safety of my children and myself and everybody else on the highway that's near me because I'm a responsible driver. Unlike this fucking dick face who, who needs to get fucking 20 yards in front of somebody, you know, completely cut me, completely cut off my, my road. He basically cut off my road and made me go on the shoulder because he wanted to pass me. So I get the license plate and I call this lady and I'm like, this fucking guy almost cost a life of me and my children because he's got to get past. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. What's the, you know, what's the ID? She's like, yeah, there should be something. And as I was talking to her, I saw the big number. They got like 44D or some shit. And I called up. I mean, and I told her what that was. And I told her what the license plate number was. And I was like, this is, you know, ridiculous. And she's like, oh, we'll report it and we'll make sure this and that. I didn't get a call back from them. They had my fucking number. It's 2015. They probably have my number in the computer. I didn't get a call back. I didn't get anything. Because they're going to talk to the dumb son of a bitch who's probably got a fucking GED if he's lucky to drive a fucking bus for a living, you fucking dope. That's nothing against good bus drivers. I know people that are, you know, bus drivers. I really do. I have family that that drove, you know, buses and shit. And they did it fucking right. Not like this fucking asshole who probably had a friend hook him up with the job. I swear to God, this guy should have been dragged out of that fucking bus. Okay? And just fucking beaten. And then somebody should have taken his license out of his wallet. Shoved it up his fucking ass, literally. With just a little bit of stick, just a little bit of it sticking out of his ass, then his registration should have been fucking up his nose, and his fucking insurance form should have been down his fucking throat while he's bleeding and crying, saying that he's never gonna do it again. In a ju- in a world with justice, that would have happened. And then they would have had to have somebody come on the fucking mega bus and tell everybody sitting there, "Sorry, folks." We're going to be a little delayed. We have another driver getting escorted to this bus because apparently this fucking dumb asshole almost killed people on the road and doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Megabus can fuck Megabus. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Dude, I I swear to God, this guy could have crushed me and my children. Okay. To taking fucking people to wherever he was taking them to. I had to go, I had to, in, going pretty fast, I had to just go over on his shoulder because this guy had to pass me. And if there was no shoulder, I was done. If there was no shoulder and it was just a railing, I'm fucking done with my children. Because this piece of shit had to fucking get past because he's probably like, well, I'm not going to wait. And Then change fucking lanes anyway, asshole. He knew he was wrong, and I could tell by the way he was driving, he knew he was wrong. Call me up, Megabus. Let me know. Talk to me. Call me up. I fucking send a report telling you that the, the my life and the life of my children were in danger, and, 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 and as a company, you don't call back after I send a report. Oh, we're going to do something about this. We're going to send something. Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling. You know what? Those fucking signs on the back of the bus say? You know what the back of the bus should say? How am I driving? And then the number, and then in parentheses, yeah, well, if anybody gives a fuck, even if you do call this number, who knows if they're going to get back to you. So you might as well not call the number. And then they should have a big fucking middle finger sign up to you saying nobody gives a fuck because they don't give a shit. They don't care. They don't give a shit. Megabus doesn't give a shit. 
Because you know if that guy got fired, I would have gotten a call. If, if that guy would, if there would have been any repercussions, I would have gotten a call. You know what? Nobody calls those numbers. How many times do you see a bus or a truck or something that says, how am I driving? Call 1-800-something. You know how many times people call that number? I would bet you the percentage of the people that call that number, that's not a prank call. Because you know everybody probably calls and, and pranks it. But I'm talking about a real call, a real complaint. I would say it's under 10%. I would say it's under 10% nationwide. Under 10% the amount of people that do it. So when it happens, they're probably just like, ah, oh, it's a fucking, somebody's being nit nitpicky about something, or maybe, you know, they, they were saying the guy was swerving. I said that this, I said that my life and the life of my children were in fucking danger, and I didn't get a phone call back, okay? That's, that's Megabus. I hope somebody works for Megabus that's listening to this. Contact me. T- tell your supervisor, tell somebody, let them listen to this podcast. Let them listen that that they got drivers out there on highways, on major highways in New York, almost killing people with a three-year-old and a six-year-old in there because the asshole can't fucking, the asshole can't let somebody stay in the lane and just go and, and merge properly. They got to go past it and they got to go, they got to go further. Because they, oh, because what, because they're a professional fucking bus driver? Give me a break. That guy should be lucky fucking taking people to Atlantic City from Chinatown. Fuck out of here. Fucking dope. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. That guy should have gotten the shit kicked out of him. My adrenaline, like if that like that guy was so in the wrong, I don't give a fuck how big the guy was. I'm not trying to be tough. My children were in the car. I would have fucking you would have had to fucking tasered me to to fucking restrain me. Fucking mega bus. Unacceptable. Thank God my children are okay. Thank God that you know, we're all fine here and, uh, nothing happened, but that could have been ugly really quickly. And, you know, if there was no shoulder, God knows what would have happened. So that's my unacceptable for the week. This piece of shit driving a mega bus with that stupid mega bus logo on, on it. You feel good. You feel good driving a fucking mega bus around doing illegal shit. You know, you, I don't care if you got a nice pension. You're driving a bunch of fucking assholes around. The least you could do is keep them safe too. Not to mention the people that were on the bus. Not not to mention that there, there could have been 60 people on the bus. And I wonder if any of those people stood up and was like, dude, what are you doing? Just running people off the road? But they don't give a shit. They got some fucking stupid resort to go to or whatever they're doing. I don't know wherever they're going. I don't know. Megabus doesn't even fucking take you to resort. It's just like a bus stop. Isn't it just like a fucking shitty bus? These people don't care. Unacceptable. Fucking dopes. All right, let's get to your guys' unacceptables now. Um, wow, I think I ranted long on that. Yeah, I did. Half of you guys probably laughed at that, and the other half were like, what the fuck did that dude just say? I don't care. I'm pissed off. And I don't, I don't mean to listen. If you drive a bus or a truck for a living, I'm not trying to shit on you. I'm really not. You know, I'm, not, I'm just like, do it the right way. All right, this one is from, here we go, your guys' unacceptables, then we'll talk a little sports, we'll talk some movie stuff, and um, and there we go. So this one is from Joseph Trons- uh, Troncale, and he said, 
Uh, hi, Mr. Verzi. This week's Unacceptable is brought to you by local f- by the local freaks of Florida's coast. It all started with a weeknight boat ride, um, with a weeknight boat ride fishing hole near my house. My goal is to spend as much time as I can in my little boat between work and general life responsibilities. Fishing is my drug of choice. I want to start fishing. Actually, it sounds awesome. Uh, to keep it short, there are a bunch of small islands in the body of water where I spend most of my time fishing. These islands allow the boats to be pulled up onto the sand and often hold family picnics, drinking sessions with the bros, or couples looking to have a peaceful view while enjoying the sun, sunshine and uh, salt water. What you don't expect to find when exploring these areas is a pair of Horned up teenagers banging it out on the sand like it's the Stone Age. Not only were they youngsters plowing doggy style right on the wow, <laughs> plowing doggy style right on the bare sand under the shade uh, of my uh, of some palm trees, but they were being loud and obvious about it. Clearly, were fine with anybody passing by their animalistic display. Is this fucking real, I wonder to myself? Um, <laughs> are they each on three and a half e-pills? Is this now considered normal behavior for 2015? Granted, Paul, I remember how horny I was uh, as a t- at the tender age of 15. But for fuck's sake, can you save yourselves <laughs> the clumps of sand in the vagina? Oof the public shame and the sunburn and just have sex in the basement while your parents exactly while your parents are at the grocery store uh, live comedy is great live music is great live sports are great live child porn not that great fuck paul i wish i didn't have to tell you this story but your podcast seems to be the only appropriate outlet to share it <laughs> these motherfuckers need more than a cage they need therapy a father and a swift kick in the ass. The beautiful islands uh, of the river are littered with the ejaculate of ninth, ninth graders. Oh my God, they were that young. And I'm not sure if I should be more mad, or, uh, more mad, or more sad. These are uncontrollable. Uh, after these uncontrollable beasts get new dads and some therapy, put them in a cage. Just make sure they're in separate ones. <laughs> Love Joe. Wow, that's a good one. That's a good one to start off. That's crazy. Like, yeah, I never got that. I never understood how. Um, thank you, uh, Joseph, for the for the submission. I, I know that was entertaining for the listeners. That's. You know what the funny thing is, and I gotta be honest, and it's and I'm not not even in a perverted way, but if I was just like jogging across a beach, and I just saw like some dude just smashing a girl doggy style on a thing, I'd have to at least like get a glance to see if it was real, or if it was a prank to see if they were fucking with people, just you know like act like the bikinis down and just doing it. But you're saying that it was real. That's uh, yeah, that's. Awful parenting, and uh, oh my god, dude, your daughter doing that, oof, that's brutal. You know, it's funny, anybody that listens to this podcast from that area is like asking their daughter, were you at the, uh, you weren't at the fucking, <laughs> you weren't down there by the, by the fucking water the other day, were you? Uh, Alright, this one is from uh, Phil Oakley. Phil Oakley says, I'm tired of all this tiptoeing around ch- children bullshit. I know it's amazing how it's always the same theme. 
It's not planned. I swear to you guys, I'm not that organized. I'm not. I'm not organized enough to go, oh, this will be one, but this is another one about kids. Uh, all right, Phil Oakley. I'm tired of all this tiptoeing around children bullshit. I know they say that children are our greatest resource, but they're not. It's petroleum. Parents and people are expected to tiptoe around kids today. For example, don't swear around kids. When I grew up, everybody was allowed to swear except the kids. Of course, be considerate and have some tact, but if I say shit in a conversation, I don't need some goofy-ass mom looking at me with disappointment. You want to fix something, lady? Then lift that uh, snot hanging from your nail. Uh, lift that snot hanging from your nail. Uh, you call a set of tits. You call a set of tits because you're making uh, want to yak. Sorry if it took long. Paul, uh, get your ass back to Connecticut this summer, uh, this summer, brother. Peace, Phil Oakley. Thank you, uh, Phil. Yeah, I would definitely want to get back to Connecticut. Um, all right, this one is from Kelly Meyer. Let's see, is this? Oh, I thought. Just so you know, Kelly, your your IBS stories are so epic. People come up to me. I was in Pittsburgh. And people come up to me and they were like, dude, the guy that does the IBS store, the, the irritable bowel syndrome stories are just, it's, dude, the, they're the best in depth. You got to sit like, I mean, I don't want you to shit your pants like once a quarter, but I mean, you got to, anytime that happens again, you got to, you got to send it, send them in. But uh, this is from Kelly Meyer and um, here's what he says. Uh, okay, so here we go. Kelly says, sorry, this isn't a story about me shitting my pants, but there's other stuff in life that's unacceptable too. This story isn't funny, but it's as unacceptable as it gets. All right. Well, I like the way you write the shit stories, so this should be good. All right. This is long. This is a fucking long one, but let's uh, let's see here. Here we go. Okay. My family owns an RV that we use as a weekend vacation home. We keep it at a resort with a small uh, at a sm- with a small water park. Aside from pools and water slides, this place also has a pond with a beach. My seven-year-old daughter asked if she could go play in the sand. I said yes, but told her that she needed to promise that she would clean all the sand off herself before we got in my car because I didn't want sand all over my back seat. Uh... My woman overheard me talking to my daughter and came up to me unsolicited. Uh, I'm sorry, a woman, not my woman. A woman overheard me talking to my daughter and came up to me unsolicited and began scolding me for telling my daughter not to get sand in the car. This woman wasn't wearing a day pass um, wristband, meaning she didn't own a property at the resort, but rather she paid to get in to use the water park for the day. She told me that my child is precious. Ugh, I love these people. She told me my child is precious and uh, irreplaceable, and I shouldn't talk to her like that. I explained that I am trying to raise my daughter to have respect for others, uh, other people's things, which includes my car. Okay. Um, okay. Okay, so here we go. She told me I should be ashamed of myself uh, as if asking my daughter to clean sand off herself um, was the same as whooping her in public. Whipping her in public. 
I told her as politely as I could that she should worry about her own kids and I'll worry about mine. I couldn't believe the balls on this broad, but I left it at that. Fast forward an hour. I'm sitting by the pool and the same nosy bitch is sleeping uh, on, a, on a lounger a few seats down from me. Her daughter, probably 10 years old, ran up to her, jumping up and down, grabbing her privates and asking, Mommy, Mommy, I need to go potty. And saying, Mommy, Mommy, I need to go potty. The mom sits up, just just jump in the pool and go in there. I fucking lost my shit. I walked right up to this animal and made a giant scene. Everyone was looking, but I didn't give a fuck. Nice. Good for you. Here we go. I got to hear this. I said, you have the fucking balls to tell me that I should be considerate about my, uh, about, be concerned about sand in my car. I'm sorry. Let me read that again. My bad, everybody. I said, you have to, you have the fucking balls to tell me I shouldn't be concerned about sand and my own fucking car, and then you tell your shitty little kid to go piss in the fucking pool like you don't give a fuck that my kid and dozens of other people are swimming uh, in their daughter's in your daughter's piss. You fucking nice. You fucking piece of trailer trash. She was shocked. She opened her mouth to speak, and I pointed right in her face and I said, "Not one fucking word, you stupid cunt." Yes. Oh, oh, God. Kelly, I got to smoke a cigar with you, brother. Not one more fucking, not one word, you stupid cunt. If I ever see you asleep by this pool again, I'm going to piss on your face. I got my daughter out of the pool and we left. Wow, that is awesome. I know it's a pool where kids swim and there's undoubtedly piss in there already. But for a parent to tell their kid to go piss in a pool after questioning my parenting skills was more than I could take. What the fuck is wrong with people? Unacceptable. Wow, dude. That's a great one. I'm clapping for that one. That was great. You know something? You followed up your shit story with a great one. Nice. All right. Let's get through these. That was awesome. Um, here we go. This one is from Glenn, and Glenn says, Hi, Paul, long-time listener, first-time submitter, quick unacceptable. I got onto, uh, got onto an airplane to take a two-hour flight uh, the other day. The plane was set up with three seats in each row with rows on each side of the plane and the aisle running down the center. I got on the plane and took my window seat. The two seats next to me, the center seat and the aisle seat, were empty. Everyone got onto the plane. At least I thought everybody was on. Oh, I know where this. That's terrible. Leaving the two seats next to me empty. Awesome, I thought. Plenty of elbow room. The flight was reasonably empty. Um, the, the I'm sorry. The flight was reasonably empty, meaning that there were plenty of empty seats. In fact, there were a number of completely empty rows just before the uh, the plane door shut this huge fucking woman rushed onto the plane walked down the aisle looking oh my god looking at her boarding pass and then at the seat numbers getting closer and closer to me i know exactly what that feels like it's it's the worst uh christ i thought this can't be happening uh this uh, <laughs> this is me <laughs> well 
<laughs> Mike Whale finds her seat. You guessed it. The seat right next to me. She wedges herself onto her seat, pretty much crushing me against the window and trapping me from... What? And why the fucking flight attendants... All right, I'm sorry. Let me finish reading this. Crushing me against the window and trapping me from any attempt at moving. So we take off, and as soon as we... Uh, and as soon as we level off and the seatbelt sign goes off, I thought she would move. No, this behemoth wouldn't move to one of the empty ro uh, rows or seats, not even the empty aisle seat right next to her. I spent the next two hours suffocating next to this mountain of flesh. Fat animal, completely unacceptable. Keep up the great work. Bro. Dude. That's that is the nightmare. Thank you for the submission, Glenn. That's the nightmare, isn't it, guys? I you ever just look at the plane? I mean, you ever just look at the people boarding the plane when you have that empty seat and you're like, "Oh my god, I think I'm out of the clear." It's the freest feeling. And I've been lucky, I have to say. I mean, I have flown a lot, so the numbers were on my side as far as like, I mean, ratio, I guess, but there's nothing better than getting the three rows to yourself where you could put your feet up. That is brutal, dude. That is brutal. Um, here we go. Uh, this one is, says from uh, Yuri Pavlin. And then here we go. Um, all right. So, hey, Paul, this is John Q here. All right. So I guess the email is different. John Q. Here. Thanks for getting this uh, Gmail address. So I didn't need to use Facebook. Uh, anyways, love the show. And I hope all is well with the family and career. Well, thank you very much. Yuri or John or whatever the fuck your name is, but I appreciate it. Here's my unacceptable. As a comedy fan, uh, an unacceptable fan, you are uh, you are really uh, gonna like this one. This happened to me five years ago at the Vancouver airport. I was traveling to Dallas for a wedding. I got to the airport a little too early, and my uh, check-in gate was not open for my flight. I waited around for a bit as one of the ladies said it would open in 15 minutes. Well, needless to say, I am the first one in line when they open. I start talking to the gate lady very nicely and respectfully. She compliments me on what I was wearing. I had a nice uh, collared shirt, dress pants, and nice leather shoes. I told her that I always dress up for flights for two reasons. Number one... People dress like pigs on planes these days. She agreed with me. Number two, you never know when you will meet that special someone on a flight. So I want to look good. Ah, it makes sense. She agreed with me. Uh, now I feel like a scumbag because I go on and fuck. Well, I'm married with kids, so it doesn't matter. But I go on with like fucking mesh shorts or like sweatpants to be comfortable. Sometimes jeans. Uh, she agreed with me on that point also. I then casually mentioned... That if she sees somebody checking in that might be a good fit, she should sit her next to me. <laughs> she said she will see what she could do. She then proceeded to tell me that the plane had a three-seat, one-aisle, three-seat configuration. She would sit me in the middle of the three-seat and try to get one girl for each side. Perfect. Wow, that seems really fucking cool. And it's weird how the last guy who talked about the plane, it was three and three, too. Um, okay, so let's see. That, that I like that, though. Real quick, before I finish this, I like that. You dress nice on a plane, you know, 
because people dress like pigs. And then you said, number two, you never know who the special somebody sitting next to you. I like that. That's good. Two hours later, I am seated. At the window seat is what uh, can only be described as King Kong Bundy's long-lost twin. On the other side of me was a 300-pound Oh, three. Oh, my God. The other side of me was around 300 pounds of sweating cheese. I think it was a female, but I'm not sure. I closed my eyes and went into a dream sequence where I can see the gate agent at her break table with all of her co-workers around her. She sticks her thumb <laughs> on her lips and blows out her cheeks like Dizzy Gillespie to show how fat the people were that she sat around me. All of her coworkers are dying laughing and high giving her. And, and high, I think you were trying to say high fiving her, but you says high, yeah, high five. Anyways, as I said, as a comedy fan, I will give her credit. Funny stunt, but still unacceptable. John, yeah, you got to give her credit for that one. Uh, it's unacceptable that you have to sit on a flight and deal with that, but um, that's awesome. That's hilarious. Thank you. Okay, let's go to the next one here, and the next one here is from uh, Ian Gallagher. And uh, Ian Gallagher says, um, Hi, Paul. Cinema ticket prices are unacceptable of the highest order. 24 for two tickets. That works out um, at 37 US. Okay, so where you're at is that euros. That, wow, 37 is ridiculous. If you want food and drinks, you're looking at about 35 euros in total um, for a two hour movie. Unacceptable, uh, Paul. Unfucking acceptable. P.S. Love the podcast. Gets me through a sometimes dull morning at work. Yeah, so wherever you are, that's um, wow. So if 24 is 37 then 35 is like i mean you're talking about you're gonna spend almost 100 dollars on a movie if you want to eat and drink i mean that's that is ridiculous and definitely unacceptable man uh that's brutal uh okay so going on to the um next one is uh oh, okay here we go the next one is from uh our buddy there uh adam uh Abdallah. Oh, I'm sorry. I messed up your name at the beginning when I said you brought some cigars at Pittsburgh. It's not at, with the M. I said, um, I guess the way you had it, I took the M off your first name and put Abdallah. Um, okay, so it's Adam uh, Abdallah. And he says, Paul, when you're a fan of somebody and that someone explains to you, you misspelled unacceptable, unacceptable. Uh, man, you feel like an idiot. Hashtag unacceptable. No worries, brother. You get a mulligan. You brought me and uh, Bartnick Cuban cigars. It's all good. Don't even worry about it. Uh, we're totally cool with it. Everything is good. Uh, I appreciate it, though, man. Uh, okay. The next one is from uh, Kyle Carroll. And he uh, sent pictures of his car. And it's uh, pictures, nice gray car. And um, it says, my my car damaged in my apartment parking. And your car just got popped. And, uh, yeah, and that sucks. That That's what, you're, what they did to your car. Somebody banged it with a dent like that, like in your own parking lot. That is unacceptable. That sucks, dude. Thank you for the uh, submission, man. I hope that works out for you. Uh, you got to fucking go to a board or something. Be like, dude, what the fuck? Um, okay. This one is... Uh, We'll just say this one is from uh, Grease Tank, okay? <laughs> Somebody wants to stay anonymous, so that's fine. No worries. 
Uh, here we go. This is from Grease Tang. Hey, Paul. Love the podcast. Been trying to see a show, but it's difficult because I live in northern Michigan. You have read an unacceptable of mine before, and I feel honored. A donut shop saying they were not open yet. It's 30 minutes after their displayed opening time. I think I remember that. I experienced a double dose of a cunt-filled unacceptable. All right. Uh, it's days like this where I wish assault and battery was legal. Yeah, tell me about it, dude, with that mega bus thing. I hear you. Trying to find a parking spot in a busy lot is near impossible these days. I saw somebody getting in their car, so I flipped on my signal and patiently waited. The process it took for this lady to get out of her spot was a train wreck. Inching along in reverse, thinking she is close when she has about six or seven feet between the next car. Then pulling forward to compensate, but not turning the wheel, so she ends up in the same spot she started. This process took about five minutes until she finally found a way out. If that was the end of my story, this would not be worthy to write about. As I start pulling into the spot, this animal of a woman whips into the spot, almost hitting the cars parked next to her, as well as nearly clipping my front bumper. I roll down the window and politely say, excuse me, ma'am, I've been waiting here. I've been waiting for this spot. Her response altered my opinion on young uh, adult females. She walks to my car and says, what? Too bad you were too fucking slow. I had to fight every urge not to exit the vehicle and suplex her into her stupid-ass Hyundai Elantra. Can't wait to see your rea- can't wait to hear your reaction on this. Keep up the show and make a trip to Northern Michigan soon. Grease tank, dude. That's funny you said that because last night we watched somebody try to parallel park and they just could not do it. They just couldn't get in, they couldn't get out. It was just an absolute shit show. And um, there is nothing worse than people slow in a busy parking lot when you are trying to be fast and in a hurry. It's enraging. It's a, a, a helpless feeling. I totally understand what you're saying. And that is a really shitty, cunty move to, to steal your spot when you've been waiting for so long. Um, thank you for the submission. I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show ever. Um, who knows? There's 250 ep- 215 episodes. Who knows? But one time, years ago, I was on a date, and we were, I lived in Queens, and I was waiting to park, I was around my, uh, I was around my apartment building complex, and I'm waiting to park, and I'm sitting there on a date, and, you know, we're just watching this guy go in and out, and he didn't have a big car, and the parking space was easily enough for the guy to parallel park, and I'm watching, and it for five minutes, the guy just kept going in at the wrong angle and coming out at the wrong angle and then going in at the wrong angle and, and, and the whole thing. And finally, I just go, fuck it. And I put my car in park, and I walk up to the car, and I go, yeah, dude, I'll do it for you. Just get out. I'll do it for you. Don't worry about it. I'll get... And I just... The guy got out. I got in his car, and in one shot, I just did it, and I gave him the... I just shook his hand or whatever and just left. And it was awesome. It was a great feeling. The guy was like, oh, thank you. It made him feel like a dick, but I, I wasn't even trying to be a dick. I just, I mean, I couldn't wait any longer. Thank you for the submission. A couple more here, guys, and we'll be good to go. Joshua Scott. Uh, and Joshua Scott uh, shows me. Um, oh, dis- okay. So this one was a, a YouTube clip. And here we go. Disgusting gambler. Take a poo on a floor of slot machine arcade. Um, 
All right, there's no way I'm. All right, so I'm literally watching this right now. It's 26 seconds, so that's why I'm doing it with you guys. This guy. Oh my God, no, no. All right, so this guy is. Oh my God, this is a great one. This is a great unacceptable. So there's a guy here, okay, and he's at a he's at a he's at a slot machine. And he's just playing something. And you could tell he's got his shit and piss. And he's holding and he's backing up and he's crossing his legs. And finally he just goes down in the hallway in the corner and just shits. Wow. I mean, and then... No. And then he had his ass hanging out because he couldn't wipe. And he just went back to playing the game. Oh my God. Joshua Scott, thank you, buddy. Animal can't leave a slot machine and takes a dump in plain sight to keep gambling. Hashtag Vegas <laughs> underscore one. Hashtag learn what shame is. Uh, like him up. Dude, that is just ridiculous. This guy is at a slot machine and he's so into gambling. He's holding in his shit and piss, crossing his legs, backing up, moving forward like a jittery mess. Finally just goes to the corner of the hallway he's in or wherever he is. Shits. And then obviously can't wipe and goes back to the slot machine with his pants down to his knees. Ugh. I mean, talk about put in a cage. Like that's literal. Here we go. This one is from Gary Lee. Hey, Paul, love the podcast. What is wrong with people? There's a long line of cars waiting to pump, yet this guy thinks it's okay to wash his damn car at the gas station. Yes, he already washed his windows. You got your gas. Now pay for a car wash or wash your damn car at home, you animal. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag it's not a Bentley. Hashtag damn hoopty. Gary L. from San Francisco, and the picture is a guy washing his car at uh, at the pump. Um, oh, man. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know what the hell is wrong with people. couple more here. Um, this one is from Michael Ferrara. And Michael Ferrara says, Verzi, I'm calling myself out, and this is unacceptable. My car sucks. 2006 Scion XB. Known by me and many others as the toaster or the shitbox. It's burgundy color and I had wood paneling put on uh, the side and a rack up top when I got when I got it uh, eight, nine years ago. It's one of a kind and when I got it, I needed a car to put uh, my bicycle in the back of. That makes sense. So it worked. I put 72,000 miles on it over the years, never had a problem with it, and now it's paid for. It's great not having to make payments since I just bought a beautiful new home in Virginia Beach. Well, congratulations. I'm going to be at the Virginia Beach Funny Bone uh, next week. Uh, but it's, this is not about me. I'm sorry. Uh, understand that I've been in the Navy for 17 years and I'm gone. Uh, and I'm gone sometimes for months. Well, thank you for your service, dude. Uh, I really appreciate that. And uh, I want to talk about the soldiers after I read this. I'm gonna sometimes uh, gone sometimes for months at a time, and I never miss driving it. Um, also, no, I never, and I never miss driving. I never miss driving it. Also, know that I grew up in Brooklyn and was always more into traveling on a subway, buses, and cabs than driving, and I was never into cars. I had a 
an 85 Impala for years, the same as every taxi and police car in the city growing up, but it had a couch in the back seat, so I was happy with it in my prime. Okay, uh, I always get the toaster oil changed on time at Jiffy Lube, and for the past two changes, I mentioned to the guys there that one of my belts was squeaking when I start the car. I asked if that... Uh, if they could change it and was told that I had to go over to the auto zone and buy the belts, uh, buy the belt myself if I wanted them to replace it. Okay, I thought, but never got around to it. So since early springtime this year, every time I start this piece of shit, I get this really, really loud squeaky sound. Sometimes at 5.30 a.m., sometimes in front of a nice restaurant other times in the Navy Exchange parking lot around a bunch of my peers and superiors. My kids hide in the back seat when we're in public. It's that obnoxious sound you'd hear a jalopy make in an 80s flick. Yeah, I remember, like Uncle Buck. Uh, and I just crank up my tunes, or TVE, thank you, and look away until the screeching stops after 30 seconds or so. I've never gotten under the hood of any vehicle and just don't give a shit about cars. Despite all of the custom muscle cars and nice pickups around the Navy base, I guess I don't even give a shit enough to go to the AutoZone and have Jiffy Lube install the damn belt. I guess I'm unacceptable. Fuck. Can I get room service delivered to my cage? Uh, I hope you've gotten... The USS New York gear from the managers at the Bowery address. Uh, oh, I got to ask them. At your Bowery address, empty. Uh, enjoy the summer. Stay funny, Paulie boy. Mike Ferreira, Chief Petty Officer, U.S. Navy. Well, thank you so much, dude. Just get Mike. Get the belt done. Just get the belt done. If not for you, for your kids. You know? They're going to be showing up. Oh, fuck. Here comes F the Ferreira kids are coming. We could hear them down the block. Just get the belt done. Um, that's a that's a hilarious story. Um, we actually, my wife had a Scion, the sports one, like when they first came out, I think like 08 or something like that. It was a pretty good car. Um, but yeah, let me just say this real quick about, um, you know, the soldiers. A bunch of soldiers been reaching out to me and soldiers said, you know, thanking me for, for saying what I say on the thing. And I just, you know, honestly, I... I mean, for a soldier to thank me, it's like insulting because it's 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 just what it should be. There's nothing, I said it again, and I don't give a fuck if it's repetitive. Soldiers are the shit. Soldiers are the heroes. Soldiers are the ones that I'm, I'm sitting here doing this podcast because of. I get on stage, you know, whenever I get on stage, it's because of them. Because they, you know, we were free in this country because these fucking tough son of a bitches have no... They're, they're selfless they just they're selfless they go and they fight so thank you for your services all you guys and i appreciate the the thanks and everything but the, the same way you guys don't like the thanks because you guys are like oh you don't have to thank us but it's the same thing it's like dude don't thank me for stating a fact and stating what it is i just wish the only thing that i wish is that more people in this fucking country understood what a soldier does it's it it is it is by far one of the most taken for granted things and which is the craziest thing to say when somebody's laying their life on the line for you and having that being taken for granted. You know, it's just it's ridiculous to me. And uh so thank you all. Okay. This next one is from uh 
What is this? All right, no, nobody's no name. Okay, my boss swears he's not. <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, my boss swears he's not gay when no one asking, when no one's asking or cares. On a work trip, he made us go to the bar he heard of. No one likes him, but because he's our boss, we go. He pulls into uh, West Hollywood to a gay bar. Surprise. We reluctantly go inside. I have no problems with gay people at all. But it must have been stereotype, stereotype straight guy fears about a gay bar. Uh, a gay bar night? Yeah, gay bar night. After ordering a drink from a shirtless shredded bartender, we know... <laughs> After ordering a drink from a shirtless, shredded bartender, we noticed our boss disappear. He had gone for three hours with the keys to our car uh, in a city we don't live in. When we find him, he's dancing with a group of guys half his age going crazy. Unacceptable is stranded a bunch of straight dudes at a gay bar in a city no one's from. He asked us not to say anything when we got back to work. The story is now legend. Oh, my God. Jesus. That's, yeah, that's, I would, I would have been, paid. I, I would have left. I'm not, and there's nothing against gay, and it's nothing against, like, anything like, I would have left. You know. It's like, do you want to dance around, a couple dudes, blow a guy, whatever you're going to do, you know, that's, that's completely on you. I got no, but, like, to, you know. To fucking take me there, and I'm sitting there with my friends, and there's fucking, you know, shirtless bar time. Like, I'm not fucking doing this. Like, I, I would have just made something up if it was my boss. You know, I would have just been like, ah, you know what? My wife called. I gotta go. Um, all right. Next one is from uh, Ryan Gennaro. Okay, unacceptable. Waking up on an international flight to what smelled like a continuous. 30-minute-long McDonald's fart as the flight attendants served the entire main cabin um, a breakfast of nasty powdered eggs. Unacceptable is this airline for serving this putrid disgrace for food that smelled worse than 80% of my farts, and even more unacceptable is the grown adults who can't plan ahead for a seven-hour flight and put this garbage in their, in, in their lard unhealthy tub of shit bodies for fuck's sake just serve bagels and cream cheese here's another one i witnessed the same day i'm walking through the mall and this trashy looking woman putting a stroller leans pushing a stroller leans down to correct her three-year-old daughter and in an angry and impatient tone distinctively tells this poor kid to stop being a bitch i couldn't believe my ears what an animal yeah that's Yep, three-year-old. I mean, you're pushing a stroller saying stop being a bitch in a stroller. All right, those are the uh, unacceptables, everybody. Thank you so much for those. Let's see where we're at here. Oh, man, we're, we're in an hour, but we're good. We're good. Let's uh, see if we got any quick ones, any quick ones on Twitter. I don't want to leave anybody out. Okay, um, again, guys, you know, if you... I know some of you guys could keep them to like a paragraph, you know, I mean, unless it's like, an, if it's like an epic story, but like, if you could keep them to a paragraph, that would definitely be better, um, just because I want to keep it going, but all of them were great, 
and I appreciate it. Let's see if there are any uh, unacceptables here to discuss on Twitter. I think somebody sent something. But I got, oh yeah, maybe if I looked at my fucking notifications and not the, the, the homepage. Okay, this is from um, Joseph Marsala. The fact that they are remaking Back to the Future is ridiculous. Stop remaking classics. You're ruining my childhood. I didn't even know. That was news to me just now that they're redoing Back to the Future. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, when does it end? Next one, Dustin Bell. At Canada Day Festival, this animal of a woman just walked out of the porter toilet in her bare feet. Hashtag animal, hashtag piss foot. That's gross, dude. <laughs> um, oh, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to shout out. Um, Joseph Marsala, the first one I did about the remaking of Back to the Future is at DJ Jam Jam 5150. And that last one that I just read, um, Dustin Bell is at MindTaker underscore. Um, and this one is from Matt Ritchie at Matt fucking Ritchie. And that's just fuck and then I-N and then capital R-I-C-C-I. People in group five that crowd the line at the gate when they're boarding group one. Get the fuck out of the way, dummies. Hashtag unacceptable. Uh, yeah, airport. There's a lot of a lot of airport and kids ones in this one. Simon says goes. Oh, so this is uh, at S Y Z G O S S Gaz at Paul Verzi. Kanye at the uh, Glastonbury uh, attempting uh, Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I heard that. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag cage him up. Yeah, I heard that. It was like, it wasn't even, yeah, it wasn't even a good one at all. Um, this is, this was from uh, Spectre, or, or Spectre, at El Presidente RMT. There's blood on the ground, hashtag animals. I'm sure that's unacceptable. Oh, and it's, yeah, this is a 18-second uh, clip of two people fighting in a bathroom, and the young kids start, I mean, the, 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 the smaller kid starts fucking wailing wailing on this bigger kid and the bigger kid picks him up over his head and slams him down on the bathroom floor and a kid's like lifeless with blood splattered it was pretty nuts um this one is from pregame engineer at pregame e-n-g-n-r unacceptable woman on a plane barefoot with her foot up on the person in front of her seat ridiculous that is ridiculous and uh let's see why not end on a uh uh yeah i thought i had another one all right guys you know what i'm gonna end it there with the unacceptables uh no i'm sorry i'm sorry i have another one here i have to do it uh good boy o at good and then boy and then o bitch needs a cage on her phone barefoot in movie theater and he sent me a picture of the woman in a movie theater all right so you know what that's it for the unacceptables. Um, oh, you know what? That might have been the last one of the last week. I'm sorry. Yeah, the last. Yeah, that might have been the last one of the last week. So I did. I did get them all. Okay, I got them all. Um, people, put some socks on on airplanes. That is your unacceptables for the week. Thank you. Uh, if you want to send them, send them to unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. That is unacceptables for TVE 
at gmail.com. I will read them out. I do not like to take that much time again, guys, so if you can keep them down to like a paragraph or maybe a paragraph and a couple other lines, just try to keep them down unless it's like an epic story. Um, All right. So sports, not much to talk about except this. I do want to say this. Everybody's going nuts about the Knicks and they got this kid and nobody knows. Listen, all of these Knicks fans don't know what Phil Jackson knows. They don't know what scouts know. They don't know what people who've dedicated their life 35 years to fucking basketball know. So everybody needs to calm down until the kid is a bust. Listen, you always, you never want the Europeans or the people from overseas because, you know, they're just, they don't, I mean, other than Dirk Nowitzki and a handful of other guys, there's not really many. But they're saying this kid can shoot the rock amazingly. He, um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, you got to give these guys a chance. The Knicks are going to make some moves in free agency. You never know what happens. Is it going to be great? No. Are the Knicks years away from being contenders for the championship? Yes. But people got to stop. And I actually heard them talk to this kid, this kid, Kristaps uh, Pregingis or whatever his fucking name is. And he seemed, I'm not going to lie, this guy seems like he's got his shit together. Like he really does seem like, uh, he seems like he's got his shit together and that he's like, you know, gets it a little bit and uh he's got the he's they say he's got a really sweet stroke with the shot you know we'll see what happens um but i'm not you just can't be like what the fuck this is off you don't know yet if the guy comes out and he's like a pal gasol then you're in good shape you know you never you never know what the guy could be so just everyone just needs to chill out i just don't like when people who have no experience you know, like, wouldn't it be great? I want to do a sketch where somebody's yelling at the crowd, like, I could have fucking pitched better than that, or I could have hit that ball, and then just have him go, all right, come down, hit it, hit it. And then just some fucking big fat fuck sweating, just, you know, swings, misses, falls over, his pants fall down, he pukes. Like, what are you doing? You're doing nothing but going and getting a donut and chicken fingers at the concession stand, you fucking wreck. Shut up, you're lucky to even let somebody that has your physique in the building with these with these world-class athletes fucking dopes so give the guy a chance before you know unless you've coached basketball unless you've watched the guy play in Barcelona unless you've been there just wait wait to see what happens because I think a team that's trying to build and a team with Phil Jackson is going to do their homework I'm not saying the guy's going to be great I'm not I'm not giving a dude I called it here I'm not going to say I'm just saying give it a chance and Kevin Love signed I knew Kevin Love was going to sign with the Cavs and uh, I got a feeling somebody was saying Dwayne Wade might go to the Cavs. That'd be cool. Did you guys see... going to get into movies real quick. Did you guys see the trailer for Creed? Oh, my God. The trailer for Creed looks good. I was talking to my buddy Giannis yesterday, and I said, Italians can't lay off Rocky movies. I'll go to... I mean, kids, kids in the 80s can't, but especially Italian kids. I don't even care that it's Papalo's son. Like, just the fact that Balboa's in it. The, if you haven't seen it, look at the trailer The trailer for Creed. They're making another Rocky movie, but this one um, was not written by Stallone, was not directed by Stallone. It's uh, called, I think, the guy that did um, Fruitvale. Yeah, it's, I forgot the guy's name, but... Was it Fruitvale Station or something like that? I forgot the guy's name, but um, they said that... Um, you know, obviously they're going to put Stallone in it, but this is Apollo Creed's son is a boxer who apparently never really knew him or something like that. And, the, the, dude, the trailer is 
awesome looking. I don't care. There's no way you could watch that trailer and go, uh, like, I don't have no interest in that. Like, it's, I mean, maybe you don't have interest in it, but there's no way you could watch the trailer and say, it doesn't look like it's going to be good. It really does. So I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. How many, are you guys still singing Tears for Fears? Um, that's gonna do it, guys. We are 11, yeah, one eleven in. Wow, almost an hour and 15 minutes. Um, that's the show, 2.15. I do got some plugs and I got some news. I found out that I will be headlining in Boston. I will be in Laugh Boston at the Westin by the waterfront down there. July 23rd to the 25th, coming up in three weeks. So, I was recently in Boston. If you guys got the chance to see me uh, open for Bill Burr at the Wilbur, I was there not too long ago. Don't expect a whole new show, but you guys only saw me do about 20 minutes, so I will be headlining. Um, Laugh Boston this July... Or this, I'm sorry, yeah, this month, I should say. Uh, the 23rd through the 25th. Come out. I'm working on new material. It's going to be fun. Uh, so you could come out to that. New dates are going to be on the website, paulverzi.com. And uh, you can go to my Twitter, at paulverzi, and uh, check all that stuff out. And you will see what I'm doing. Um, I am. Uh, the album will be released. We are finalizing the album. The album is almost edited. Just so you guys know, um, I don't want to give anything away, and I don't know what you'll feel about it. All I know is that uh, I remember the show. I remember I put a lot into this show, uh, and it, it from what I heard, it sounds great. I hope you guys like it, but it should be done and available within a month. It will be available on iTunes, Amazon, and all that. If any news of where it's going to be and all that stuff when, when it happens, but it's 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 we're getting there. We're doing artwork and coming up, finalizing some stuff with it. But um, the album will be released soon, and I'm very excited. Um, I'm very excited, honored, proud, all that stuff about it. So um, I'll let you know about that uh, as soon as it gets released. And you fuckers better buy it, all right? I never, I never asked one time for any fucking donations. Buy my fucking album, or at least buy a couple of tracks off of it. No, I don't think you could do that. It's not music. Uh, that's the show, guys. This has been episode 215. Uh, please go support gonzofame.com. Go support uh, allthingscomedy.com. Uh, go to their their um, All Things Comedy's uh, Twitter, at allthingscomedy. And again, please go to Brookings Mediation for a free consultation. You could call John Burton at one 877 415 any kind of divorce, bankruptcy, debt settlement. If you tell him TVE and Paul Verzi sent you, will get 30% off. Talk to John. He's been doing this for 27 years. Why wouldn't you do a free consultation if you're going through something? Uh, saving people a lot of money faster, less expensive with any of those fees. So please, uh, please check that out as well. Um, I will be back next week, Wednesday. Um, I'm actually going to probably be doing this from Virginia next week. I'll let you guys know. I hope everybody has a happy, healthy, safe 4th of July. Keep the kids away from fireworks. Don't eat too many hot dogs. Celebrate this amazing, beautiful country of ours. You know, all the troops, everybody that, that, that fights for that flag, fights for us, man. Celebrate that. Independence Day, greatest country in the world. And um, enjoy it. Enjoy it with your friends, your family. 
Be safe. Don't drink and drive. All that stuff. I will talk to you guys next week. I am out.